0: welcome to game and watch with Aaron and James the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching I woke up as Aaron I somehow woke up as James and today we're talking about the Japanese
1: animated fantasy film your name a real body swaparama. it's quite a film I think it's absolutely worthy uh, of an hour at least to, to to discuss it it's um it's it's quite a film it's I'm really excited to uh to dive in, will you start like washing your watch after an hour? Do you think that it doesn't deserve more than an hour? Oh, I was going to check the skies for any sudden uh, astrological impact.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Would you say this is your favorite? armageddon based movie and that includes <laughs> armageddon yeah.
1: um this is a real like uh this is a real eastern influenced armageddon remake um, i i love it they just cut I, out I all, be more shocked
0: yeah they just cut out like all of like the oil drilling and characters and plot and
1: i I saw michael bay as a producer and i I just thought okay let's see where this goes and now i understand (laughs) yes
0: um so this movie was written and directed by makoto shinkai who directed the place promised in our early days a movie i have not seen five centimeters per second which is like ready to watch and i just haven't pulled the trigger on it and Weathering With You, which is a movie he made after this, which actually features the two main characters of this movie in sort of like Easter eggy cameo appearances. Hmm. Anyway, Shinkai was inspired to write this story after he visited a town that was very badly damaged by an earthquake and a tsunami in 2011. I had not even heard of this disaster. And it there, there are things that happen in this movie that make me wonder, like, how did you not hear of this disaster happening? And maybe... You know, the world's a pretty big place. I mean, I hadn't heard of the earthquake and tsunami that hit Japan in 2011. You know, um,
1: listen, I, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say earthquakes and tsunamis happen a lot. Certain things don't happen a lot. And you might remember, but that's <laughs> all I'm going to say for right now.
0: You're right. You're right. Um, and the, you know, we've been hinting at natural disasters and such. Uh, we will explain more as we start talking about the plot, why that matters. Um, Shinkai also cited various anime and other stories uh, um, as he he was influenced by them We're making this movie. And I I really hadn't heard of any of those um, stories. So I didn't include them in this outline. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't even think to think. Maybe maybe you would know. Um, Ah. the, The most notable influence I would say is Interstellar, which as in Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, which I definitely see a little bit of that in here not a ton maybe sort of like a you know love transcends time is kind of a similar theme there
1: yeah uh, i can see it i mean i would argue that this movie has some rules about how what's happening is happening but um it's way more loosey-goosey than interstellar and in this film is a little bit more you know power of feelings
0: yeah So this movie takes place really separated in two different locations. One is more like rural countryside, Japan, and the other is Tokyo. And the animated parts of Tokyo that are depicted in this movie are based on real life parts of Tokyo. It'd be very weird if it was just like grossly inaccurate to Tokyo, but there are some very specific locations that are used um, that are like kind of really animated in great detail and certain key events take place there. And the city of Hida in the Gifu prefecture where uh, that study was used as an influence for the fictional countryside town where the other part of this movie takes place.
1: Uh, and- I will say that the background art and all of the, the setting art looks phenomenal in this film. I think yeah. it's a phenomenal looking film in general, but I almost appreciated the artwork for the rural town because you've seen Tokyo a million times either yes. in animation or in any other way <laughs> but to see the countryside and kind of the the bayside side of this town is is really really gorgeous i completely agree and i it's one of
0: the reasons i think like the, the opening like 20 to 30 minutes of this movie is so strong like even it just i mean it's probably the first 15 minutes takes place there but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit more detail so the movie was released in Japan in 2016. It was released in the U S in 2017 on my birthday, but I did not know. Wow. Well, uh, all right. I hadn't heard of it. And minute.
1: now you know how to celebrate every year from now on. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, it was released briefly in the U S in 2016 to qualify for the Academy Awards. I did not know that uh, it was not nominated. I probably would have remembered that. Um. But here's what was nominated that year in case you want to. Let's let's re litigate this Academy Award. So we got Zootopia, which won Best Animated Feature that year. Not a terrible film. Not a terrible film at all. Kubo and the Two Strings, also not terrible. Yeah. Moana, good movie. And then two, I had not heard of My Life as a Zucchini and The Red Turtle. Heard of The Red Turtle, not seen it, never heard of nor seen My Life as a Zucchini. I would say I like this movie more than all of those movies. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Even though, I mean, even though I like Moana, Zootopia, and Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, this is just uh, kind of an up, upper to top tier uh, animated movie for me. And I'll talk about why as we
1: go. I would hope so. Yeah. You'd yeah. <laughs> be, be a little dry if you just didn't go into it.
0: Yeah, you're going to ask me at the end, like, what works? And I'm just going to not say anything. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be completely silent um
1: Um, but people people like this right
0: yeah people uh critics liked it even though and i've gone back and i've looked at like critics that i follow even like ones who tend to see movies like this and none of them like really saw it or reviewed it the, the av club reviewed it uh their review was not not as positive as others that i had read but um audiences loved it it was a critical and commercial success as you noted visuals are a big big factor here i mean really shinkai's films uh are known for their visuals and i I, he's coming out with a new one i forgot what it's called uh will come out in the u.s early next year and i can't wait for it and i also highly recommend you check out weathering with you if you have not seen it but so this movie grossed over 380 million dollars worldwide which is pretty incredible for an animated movie it is the first anime not directed by Hayao miyazaki to earn more than a hundred million dollars u.s dollars at the japanese box office also notable like i i mean i guess i i'm not really i don't know that much
1: it just surprises me that it took so long to crack that number that doesn't seem that crazy to me but I don't really know as much about the Japanese box office. Yeah. I
0: mean, the think that, I mean, there's had to have been plenty of movies being released theatrically in Japan that might not come out here. Like I mean, one piece movies were coming out throughout the, the, the aughts and the 2010s. Apparently not as financially
1: successful as this though. Right.
0: Yeah. But, and then when you compare that to Demon Slayer, the Mugen train movie, I mean, so this is the third highest grossing anime film ever behind Demon Slayer, Mugen Train and Spirited Away. Mugen Train is now, I think, the biggest box office success in Japanese history. Wow. Which is insane. I mean, maybe that really, I I don't know what has changed about like, it's because anime has always been very popular. I maybe we'll have to do that movie for an episode and kind of dig into it then. Um, but Spirited Away, I mean, you know, he made Miyazaki had some good movies that come out, came out since Spirited Away, but nothing, you know, uh, Howl's Moving Castle and Ponyo and The Wind Rises, none of them, you know, passed Spirited Away, which is, it's interesting. It because sense. You think that like, I mean, Spirited Away, it's not like that was like peak Miyazaki or, you know, that's not like what people, some people would say that's his best film, but it's not like he wasn't a household name by that point. Like Princess Mononoke was was a success. And I don't know, you yeah. think, like, after a spirit away, which some people do say is his best movie, that like people would have turned out in droves for Howl's Moving Castle, where that came next.
1: Apparently not. People just don't love autonomous, self autonomous castles as much as they do little girls enshrined in child slavery. <laughs>
0: I was going to use similar words like that. And it's like some people uh, would criticize the movie for being that movie for being way too depressing. This movie is not depressing. It's pretty uplifting and fun. And I appreciate that because sometimes you just need a movie like that to watch.
1: Yeah, it takes turns. Um, it goes some places uh, that get into, you know, kind of emotional territory. But yeah, generally, it's very positive. It's very uplifting. Um, it's a very life affirming film, I would say. Yeah, definitely.
0: And one thing I did not know about this is that Shinkai was not, not that he wasn't like unhappy with the movie, but he wasn't, he said that the movie felt imperfect, incomplete, and unbalanced. Or incomplete and unbalanced, at least. Imperfect, I might have paraphrased something. But he said they ran out of money and had to stop work on it. And, And I don't, in watching the movie, I'm not exactly sure it's evident where this happened like nothing looks unfinished
1: no i think this may may be the kind of thing where the creator is being harder on themselves than the audience uh because yeah if i had not read this i would not have guessed that this feels very of a piece to me from you know from one mind um i i wouldn't call it unfinished but yeah i didn't
0: make it And any like and and there's certainly nothing like cert like glaringly different about this like like maybe about like the narrative or like the pacing compared to like more you know western animated like kids movies or you know movies for teens and adults too but like I, sometimes if there's any deviances from what I'm used to from just watching western movies I kind of just chalk that up to just this being a Japanese movie, because there are definitely like tonal differences and I don't know, different kind of, I mean, you know, animated movies, they often start with like a, not that US movies don't do this, but I mean, as we'll talk about it, we get kind of like an, like an anime opening credits type theme song here, where they like show stuff kind of from the movie, but also kind of, I mean, that's something that you don't see in a lot of US movies, right? If you like, if you like if Aladdin opened up, with this crazy like banger of a theme song. And we just saw like images of like Jafar in genie form, like way at the beginning of the movie, when you're like, who the hell is that?
1: It's almost like an overture where an overture kind of cues you into different themes that you'll hear later. Oh yeah. Um, And I I think with a movie like this, that deals with time in some kind of twisty ways, it it kind of makes sense to get previews of things to come. Yeah. Um, It kind of loops back on itself in a way that, Makes a little bit more sense the longer you go into it yeah
0: but like we both said it's just it's hard to tell where this movie would be unfinished or incomplete um but i don't know maybe maybe we'll have some more ideas about that as we get into the plot
1: yeah and again th- that may just be perfectionism and um you right know, th- that might not be as indicative of really anything as we might think so who knows yeah yeah so
0: you had no history with this right but you you this movie had been on your radar for a bit
1: well as they say it had no history but plenty of baggage (laughs) um do people say that i just made that up but i (laughs) like um i had no history with this movie but i did have a lot of baggage with it uh because i heard that it was very good i heard that um you know critics and audiences really loved it i heard that it was very upbeat life-affirming movie. I knew some body swapping was involved, which did nothing for me either way, but I just knew that was part of the plot. Um, But then it slipped me by uh, and I would think about watching it every once in a while. And then when we started this podcast, I realized that at some point we would get it on there uh, because I had not seen it and uh, today is that day. So uh, I saw it this weekend and I loved it. I watched the uh, dubbed version. I had the option to do either one, but um, I want to do dub with subtitles just to mm-hmm. catch absolutely everything I could. Um, I found the dub voices to be pretty great. I know you've seen it, um, both versions.
0: They are good. They, and I like that there's not any like famous Hollywood actors doing it. Maybe that's part of why I like it so much. There's nothing like too recognizable.
1: It would be distracting. Like I, I know Studio Ghibli, when Disney uh, localizes those, they try and get you know random Hollywood names. I was expecting something like that, but... You know, there are some voice actors I recognize uh, from other anime dubs, but you know, again, there's no like Billy Bob Thornton or there's no Dame Judy Dench up in this piece. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved it. I thought it was, you know, all those things, life-affirming, beautiful, visually beautiful, emotionally resonant. It was great. Um, tell me about your history. So the movie had been on my radar for a bit, maybe like a
0: year or so after it came out. And one of the reasons was because I was, I would start to go on that, like my top anime website and and check and see like what series, like I, I was like looking for advice on what series to watch and they would have movies on there. And this movie was always like right near the top at the time. Like it was one of the highest rated things on that website. And I was like, okay, well I have to watch this. And then I just never got around to it. And I think it was, Three years ago, I finally got around to do it. So I guess not that long after it came out, a couple of years. And I also loved it. And I, I watched it subbed. And then I have since watched it, I think, three other times subbed and one time dubbed. And I, I agree with you that the dub voices are good. Um, it, I mean, it's very enjoyable dubbed. I, I prefer the subbed, but and, and I almost I almost watched it. Dubbed here, but I, 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 and I'm really, really glad for at least a couple reasons that I'll get into that. I did not do that because there were, there was at least one joke that I don't, and I'm, I'm very curious to, to ask you about how they did it or if they even bothered to do it in the English dub, because I don't know if, I don't think you really can. And the, cause, just because of the, some of the um, nuances of the Japanese language. That I, about that I wouldn't have known had I not been trying to study Japanese. And along those lines, I am going to try to pronounce the names in this movie as best I can. I apologize to everyone. If I butcher it,
1: um, I apologize knowing that I will butcher it. <laughs> I just, Fair. I know that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. The one thing that I was thinking about, and we can talk about, about it more uh, if it becomes relevant. I, I assume that in the, um, sub that's in Japanese the the girl has a more rural accent is that correct well because I, I would the, not
0: know it, that like the dialect I mean they might have had the voice actors do like a more of a, a dialect that you'd find outside of cities I don't know that much about different dialects in in Japan I know like generally they're, they're there just
1: different dialects but they were just really subtle references to the fact that her accent might be different than his, and I was just wondering if that was made a little clearer in the Japanese version.
0: You know, and despite having seen it as many times as I have, I feel like I, I pick up something new each time. And it, I guess my answer is it very well may have been addressed, but I just don't. I don't recall it having been addressed. Gotcha. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll catch that on, on another watch. Um, but yeah, I can't. Is the is the lead voice actress in the dub like does she have like what kind of like accent does she have there's there's just
1: it's inconsistent there's not an exact accent but there are certain times where especially the grandmother will drop her g's so it'll be like i've been chopping and fixing and cooking all day things like that to make it sound almost like very vaguely backwoodsy i just noticed that from from the town people a couple times And I just thought, like, is is in the Japanese, would they have a more obvious, like, rural-ish accent? Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess that makes sense why they would do that for Western audiences, because you need to be familiar somehow with that difference. I mean, everyone knows the difference between, like, rural and and urban, but I guess... You'd be probably if you hoping. just take
1: the G's off of things it, <laughs> yeah. instead of say shopping, you say shopping.
0: It be it could be way be worse. Probably in a rural area, it'd be unbearable if like everyone from her town had like a twang, <laughs> like a yeah. thick twang. Imagine? I would hate no. it. Um. So yeah, let's get into the plot of the movie because it is. Uh, I, we're gonna do our best to lay it out as clearly as we can. I mean, there's there is like a, the real like short version of this that you can kind of lay out in like a paragraph like four sentences but they're like it's the way
1: very, it's very cliche boy swaps body with girl girl <laughs> prevents impending apocalypse i mean if you've heard it once you've heard it a thousand times <laughs> yeah and i mean one thing that
0: i think is important about going through the plot in kind of the way that it's presented in the movie because sometimes i think we certain plots we talk about them we have to maybe it talk about things kind of before they happen chronologically just to make more sense of it. But I think one of the things that this movie does really well is the way it introduces you to what's happening. It's not like astoundingly like innovative or anything like that. But I think that the way the move, this movie is paced overall is very, it's very well done the way that the story unfolds, the way it kind of pulls the rug out from under you at a certain point. I think it's all very, very well done.
1: There's a density of information uh, that feels like it could overwhelm, but it's, it's delivered in a way that, that does not, which I think is kind of a miracle. Very
0: much so. And because of that density of information, not all of it being like things you have to know in order to appreciate the movie, like there's a visual density and there is a, like an information density. Now, again, neither of which I think overwhelm, I think again, it's very, a very digestible movie, but I think it really benefits a rewatch. I'm stepping on what works, but. I think that's one of the big things. Uh, Very fun to to revisit. So, yeah. Um, Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. The the movie opens with both of these main characters. We'll explain which characters we're talking about in a second. Uh, They are simultaneously monologuing about waking up feeling like they've lost something or someone that they've been searching for. And then we get our classic opening song, which... I I thought it would be really funny if it had so many blatant spoilers, like like, all these regular anime opening credits songs have.
1: (laughs) It's very anime opening. Uh, I I like, though, that starting this film, you begin with the monologue and also it begins in these two characters' bedrooms. So you get just a, a very basic sense of who they are based on where they're waking up and kind of what's around them. Yeah. And who are they? Well, uh, so we have two. We have uh, Mitsua Miyamizu, um, and she is a 17-year-old high school student living in, uh, this is a fictional rural town, Itomori, uh, which is in the Hida region of the Gifu Prefecture, uh, which is around 200 miles uh, west of Tokyo. You don't necessarily need to know all that. All you need to know is that she lives, they call it kind of the boonies, um, it's this the rural town, um, and it is, yeah, it's a much slower paced place than Tokyo is, yeah. she um she and her younger sister, uh, Yotsuha, are maidens of the family shrine. Uh, so they're literally shrine maidens, yeah, uh, which their maternal, yeah, their maternal grandmother, Hitoha, has helped manage since their mother died and their father stopped caring about it. Uh, I believe this is he was a Shinto priest in training, I, I think they mentioned. I, I think so. Uh, yeah. What, one but thing he has, go
0: ahead. One thing I think is neat, and this again, something I didn't pick up until like I started studying Japanese is that mitsuha means three leaves, and yotsuha is four leaves, and hitoha is two leaves. So it's just like, so the grandmother is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, hitoha would be one leaf. Yes. And then so then, the so in the then generationally, so hitoha would be the maternal grandmother, and then you have mitsuha, which is the third generation. So she's three leaves, and then I guess her younger sister would be yotuha, the fourth woman in the family, uh, four leaves.
1: And that is something that uh, I did not catch uh, in English, and they did not reference. So yeah, oh I,
0: oh I forgot, the mother's name is hutaba, which is two leaves
1: well that makes sense no, doesn't yeah it? yeah um but speaking of her four-leaf sister uh Yotsua, <laughs> yeah um she her role is kind of to be the nosy little sister um, yeah her role also uh i have recently begun watching stranger things she's a bit of a barb wouldn't you say
0: she's a very strong personality that one
1: yeah she's being a real barb helping <laughs> out her sister and trying to make her sister make the right choices. Yeah. Well, oh, so. I'm only like 3 episodes back in Stranger Things, <laughs> so I know Barb doesn't make it around for a while, but I guess I
0: said strong personality, but Barb I mean she does have a strong personality, but Barb does not really. Barb's kind of just poor old
1: Barb. Well, you know what? Um so then I guess she's not quite a Barb. Uh <laughs> but what what when <laughs> they do their shrine maiden duties, what are what are some of the things that they have to do?
0: So they, they they partake in these, like, shrine rituals. I, I, I Again, I don't mean any insult to any of this. I don't really know how any of this works. I'm not very familiar with, like, Shinto anything. Um, but one of the things that they depict them doing is they make sake by chewing rice and spitting it back out into a container, like, and then um, to be fermented. Which is really cool
1: and kind of gross. Um, it's... Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, not coming from that culture, you know, they depict a lot of these rituals going on and they depict some people looking at it very reverently, which is, you know, how I would view it. But they show teenagers who are also her age kind of mocking it, making fun of it. So we get a sense that, you know, even in this culture, there are people who think this is old fashioned and this is kind of gross and, you know, quote unquote, normal people don't do these things anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons why she's kind of so frustrated with her rural life. Um, she feels like she doesn't fit in. She doesn't want to be this shrine maiden. Uh, she wishes her life were more exciting. Uh, yeah, I believe she specifically wishes she had who whose life in her next life.
0: Yeah, I mean, she said she wanted, like, she wishes that she lived in Tokyo and was a boy, a and, handsome boy. A oh, handsome yeah, boy you're right, a handsome boy. And I, I think that. When I, when I watch this, like you mentioned, so like, again, we, we're opening, this movie will open on her life and we'll kind of talk about what happens. But it's so visually just gorgeous. I'm like, I want to live here. And when, so yeah. when she, when he gets to the part where she's like, my life sucks, I'm like, girl, come on. Your life your life seems pretty, pretty great.
1: great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have a family who loves you you're into these pretty dope shrine kind of rituals. It's, yeah. there's a lot to like. Yeah. Oh, also your dad's in the mayor. I mean- yeah, even though he's a real P.O.S.
0: Um, so the other character is Taki Tachibana, who is a 17-year-old high school student living in Tokyo. He is a, like a sketch artist, a, kind of like an amateur artist who wants to be an architect when he's older, even though I guess he, I think he does kind of explain he doesn't really know what he wants initially. Um, he works part-time as a waiter at an Italian restaurant and with a girl that he is interested in, his, one of his
1: superiors named Miki. He, lives with, his, he also, lives with his huh. The relationship with Miki is kind of strange and uncomfortable. It is weird.
0: I don't know how much older she actually is than him. Yeah. yeah. I I imagine like two years older, where it's not like Maybe. weird that they're date, like that they went on a date together.
1: I suppose. Yeah. But so you have in the notes that he lives with his dad. I thought that this was his brother. I never even really kind of figured it out. I well, I think it's his. i think you're right i just i think the movie doesn't really care to clarify they might yeah they
0: might not say it and i guess we never really know who this like where the mother is if she's out of the picture or like or anything like that but she's clearly not there so it doesn't really they don't really we don't learn much about taki's life his personal life um other than his friends that
1: and that's yeah, fine and that might be part of the imbalance the director was talking about. I'm just maybe I'm trying to look at through the plot now with that that lens on and kind of see where maybe there are some imbalances.
0: Yeah, and I would say that even though these are the two main characters, this is more Mitsuha's movie than it is Taki's. Though the there's a kind of there's a balance between some of the things that happen here, but this I I feel like the movie is more concerned with Mitsuha's life and her town. And Taki is more of a way for Mitsuha to experience the life that she wish, wishes she had.
1: So he's like the boy toy.
0: Yeah. Like, it's not like Taki is like, I wish I was a 17 year old girl living in rural Japan. <laughs> yeah. That's actually very true. Point.
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he let's... never, he never really expresses that dream. Even <laughs> once. Yeah. Right.
0: No, yeah. So the movie, again, we get this opening credits we don't all this information that we just described you know you kind of learn as you go but we just wanted to leave it up front uh
1: so it's a really exciting opening uh at the yeah. end Mitsua and Taki use their signature techniques um and <laughs> it gets us really pumped up for the rest of the of the movie
0: so. I really like the end of the credits when they both do like uh Kamehameha um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot what there's actually like a, a word for like Like uh, when both like two attacks are like fighting against each other, like these two like blasts, you know, that they have in like every, yeah, beam struggle. I feel like you used that term on this podcast very recently. I
1: I use beam struggle at least five times a day. (laughs) I would. (laughs) You you want a a Mitsuo and Taki beam struggle?
0: Yeah, I would have loved a Mitsuha and Taki uh, beam struggle. So, so anyway. So the movie opens where there one day Mitsuha and Taki begin switching bodies for no particular reason at all that you can understand at the time. And right, then we begin. Yeah. And they begin living living out each other's lives. So the movie it really introduces this idea slowly at first, more favoring introducing us to Mitsuha's life before showing us Taki. We do get a bit of Taki as Mitsuha initially. And that's what the movie really starts with, which is Mitsuha waking up, and we very quickly realize it is not her. It is Taki, someone else we don't know yet, in her body. And naturally, what does he do?
1: Well, he's got to, you know, his body is, this body is different. Right? <laughs> this body is wildly different. There are these things on his chest that he's not used to. Um, so he has to begin playing with them, right? Now, if it were me and I woke up, I would immediately be overwhelmed by possibly every other sensory assault of things going on. That was not what I expected when I woke up. Uh, I would not go immediately to my breasts uh, if I had changed my body physiologically. But that's where that's where Taki goes.
0: Yeah, but because this is a, you know, a movie in a industry that very much favors uh, young teenage boys this is it's this a it makes sense do, that it went this place first <laughs> I do appreciate the uh the laugh you get out of this it, you do and it's a recurring joke and I think the last time it happens even though it's actually it's played in a way that's meant to actually be kind of touching uh pun intended but yeah, it, yes. it I mean it's funny every single time <laughs> to me yes. so um yeah. But so w- this is an interesting choice, though, like without making it immediately clear to the audience, the movie cuts to Mitsuha like waking up and joining her sister and grandma for breakfast. And it's played continuously from that previous scene where I, it fools me every time I'm like, this is still Taki in Mitsuha's body, but it's not.
1: Yeah. It's, but so it must either be the next day or it's unclear, but they all make a comment about how she was really strange. She was weird the previous day. Yeah.
0: Um, And we, as we kind of go throughout her, this day with Mitsuha in her own body, because like the next, the rest of this, like before we get into Taki's life, the rest is just, just takes place on the same day. I think it is the day after the switch happened. Mitsuha goes about her day and kind of learns from her family and peers that something happened the other day and she doesn't remember any of it. And it's kind of fun the way that this unfolds. And we learn about uh, where we get hints about what might've happened.
1: You kind of had have to just go with it uh, in terms of suspending your disbelief. You have to suspend your disbelief multiple times throughout this film, but I would definitely believe that I was losing my mind and probably consult a psychiatrist uh, but Taki and Mitsua are pretty, pretty down for this. They roll with this in a way that I think very few people probably would.
0: Yeah, pretty, very few people outside of your average Miyazaki protagonist who seem kind of game for <laughs> yes. literally anything that happens to them. <laughs>
1: yes. um, cryptically in school, she opens her notebook and she sees a page with a note asking, not in her handwriting, who are you? Yeah. Um, She's really confused. And her teachers comment that she didn't even remember her own name the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly something is going on to where she is dissociating, which again, she's pretty fine with. I would be pretty terrified of this.
0: I would think that maybe the entire town got together and had a meeting and decided to gaslight me.
1: (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Be a real. um, Wouldn't that be your greatest birthday wish for a town to gaslight you? (laughs)
0: If the bigger the town the better like if the whole city of chicago got together and gaslighted me i think i would really be tortured for a bit but once they revealed um if they were assuming they revealed that it's all a joke uh i would be uh really impressed it'd be it'd be a if great woke up, birthday
1: wish. if i woke up on a on a florida key and was convinced that it was greed island i would be really excited
0: <laughs> yeah uh and so along with her teacher, her, some of her classmates mentioned that like her hair was weird and crazy the other day. And I like, I li- I turned to Miranda as we were watching this. I'm just like, this is bullshit. There's no way that he would know how to do his hair like that. And she's like, because that's not him. It's actually her and her own body. I'm like, damn it. I forget that right. every time. <laughs> I was like, I got you movie. <laughs> I got you. Um, so later that night, Mita does her, you know, the shrine made any type things that we described. Um, There's a pretty, like, beautiful scene, like, with with her and her sister and her grandma. And I think her grandma is, what's she doing? She, like, weaving? She's
1: weaving um, and talking about the reason why they maintain this tradition. um, They don't even remember anymore, right? Um, Yeah. There was a great fire, and the fire destroyed any and all record of why they even carry this tradition on. Yeah. Um, but the grandmother makes the point that regardless of whether it's remembered or not, this is their duty.
0: Yeah. She has some line. I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of like, when there are no more words left, all we have is tradition or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's almost something exactly like
1: that, which is a really interesting idea.
0: Yeah. And so after that's all done, Mitsuha is with her sister and she kind of screams into the sky that she hates this town and wishes that in her next life she would be a boy in Tokyo. And um, a handsome boy. A handsome in boy in Tokyo. All right. So it's Taki time.
1: Yeah, we get to some Taki time. What um, happens it's, to Taki? Well, we should clarify it's Mitsuha. Uh, she's waking up as Taki.
0: Um, yeah. So she- in his body. So like we got like pretty much a full day of Mitsuha in our own body. We get a, like a full day of Mitsuha in Taki's body.
1: Including his big old monster dong, um, which <laughs> she is, she is scared to find. Um, she realizes there's kind of something extra on her body. To so clarify,
0: <laughs> the movie makes breasts. no hint that he is a monster dong.
1: I mean, it doesn't say that he doesn't. <laughs> I just wanted to be um,
0: clear to people who are listening that the movie does not address the size of his penis.
1: No, no. So unlike the first time where we briefly get to see Taki in her body, uh, we actually get to see the full day of yeah. in Taki's body. Um, there's this yeah. really great moment um, in these visuals and music when she realizes she's in Tokyo because this is everything she wanted from the other night. Um, and again, you get these very sumptuous visuals of Tokyo, which, um, contrasting from the rural, um, setting earlier, uh, they really pop. It makes it really exciting. Yeah. The movie
0: does a lot of good things with those contrasting like imagery. I mean, they quite literally mimic like one shot earlier in, in, in the rural town where you have like the sliding doors of their like more rural homes. And then they kind of do the same shot, same angle, kind of like at the base of the door, um, uh doing a sliding door of the uh Tokyo train.
1: They use that shot actually a lot in this film. They, they love, do. Like sliding door cuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real sliding door cut <laughs> film if you if you're into those. <laughs> yeah, if you're into sliding doors, check this check this one
0: out. So with uh Taki's classmates and friends, Misa in his body uses the wrong pronoun to refer to himself, which is what we were referring to earlier as something that I don't think would, I mean, it wouldn't really work in English. I mean, you could, you could have her in his body say something about like, I don't know, what, what would
1: be the equivalent of this? So what they, if I remember correctly, what, do they, what do? they do is they have him make a comment that makes it sound like he's interested in men when he's interested in women and okay, I think that's their way of doing it, which I guess kind of connects back much later a little bit. Okay. Interesting. But I think that's the way they, they do it.
0: And I, and I might, I hope, I think I have this right, but I, I really hope I have this right. But so when she refers to herself, there's a lot of different ways that you can say I in Japanese, she uses the word Watashi which is something that's either more on the polite side, like you wouldn't use it with your like best friends that you are familiar with, and, or it's something that might be more traditionally female sounding. Whereas like if you were, if she was like him, I think that she would say like Boku or Ore, and Boku is like, when in like My Hero Academia, Mai is like Boku, I believe in that case. Um, I don't know how they. I, it's. I'm still learning, like how they how they choose that. But I, I was very entertained by their like shocked reaction to her using watashi, and the subtitles actually try to explore, like sort of try to explain like what the point of that is, um, like like have like watashi in in parentheses and stuff, and yeah, it it's interesting. It's one of those. No, it's, the, hmm.
1: The the dub it it comes off as a really strange beat and when it happened i in my head just kind of flagged it and thought that's probably just some weird japanese cultural thing that doesn't translate well okay. uh, and it was <laughs> so
0: it, this is one of those I, to be i'm going to be snobby and it's just that like this is one of those things that i wouldn't want to miss when i'm watching anime or you know m- you know movies and such and that's why i like don't want to watch anything dubbed because you could lose something and i'm sure there's probably even more nuanced Jokes in movies that I don't understand at all because I don't really understand Japanese very well, or English, or yeah, or <laughs> or English, yeah. So we get a little bit more of Taki or Mitsuo and Taki's body kind of being, you know, really out of her elements. She doesn't know where he works and has to ask uh, his friends where he works, but she does sort of connect with his co-worker miki who we find out kind of through these scenes that he has a crush on or really that everyone who, who works there they, has a crush on which is weird they
1: call like miss miki even though she's seemingly only a couple years older i thought she was like a teacher or a real adult and that's why they called her that it's they very, call
0: it's they unclear. use the word for like superior or just like
1: upperclassmen in a way they use they call her miki senpai well in, that makes because senpai makes i know what senpai means but yeah in this dub yeah without senpai was her relationship was again it's a dub sub thing like the nature of her relationship with them is a little more unclear in uh the
0: the dub yeah like miss miki that that might sound like
1: she's like Like, 10 years older exactly that implies that she's you know an adult and they're still teenagers in a way that that the actual film does not support yeah
0: yeah what happens at the restaurant
1: so he uh, Taki is or Miki in or I'm sorry Mitsua in Taki's body is growing up. Um, however, it's kind of scoring some points with Miki, uh, and Miki is commenting how it's so nice that Taki kind of has this feminine side, much to the chagrin of the other restaurant boys.
0: Yeah, the, um, this like this like um, what's his like, like some customer like cuts her dress on purpose, Miki's dress, and which is very and, strange. Yeah. Really weird, uh, and that someone would do this real, like, Mitsuha next level is, dick move,
1: it really is. And it's a whole like getting a free meal thing as well. But uh, Mitsuwa in Taki's body re her skirt, uh, with this like cute pattern over it, which she likes even better. Yeah. So that's really setting Taki up to know a skill that he does not know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost wish we did. We saw a little more of like them setting each other up to fail. Not, like, on yeah, purpose, yes. but just, yes. like... Accidentally.
1: Just, yeah, exactly. Speaking of um, setting each other up to fail, uh, she sees that Taki keeps a diary on his phone. Um, so she looks through his photos and sees that he actually has a crush on Miki. Um, she puts an entry in the diary, uh, which kind of becomes the system that they have for um, keeping each other on track. Yeah. Um, but Before going to sleep, she writes her name on his hand so that he will be able to see it. Yeah.
0: And he, so he wakes up the next day as himself and is really sh- shocked at the name and the diary, diary entry. And they, I think they both, there's kind of like a, is this the point where they have like a montage? I think they have like a little bit of a montage here. A lot of the things we're about to describe occur pretty, a lot more rapid paced than everything we just described and that they kind of realize what's happening. They start seeing like evidence of each other's lives and each other like living in each other's bodies like things they didn't they know they didn't do diary entries they didn't write things like that and they kind of figure out that they can talk to each other by leaving messages on paper each other's phones or like quite literally like you mentioned
1: just drawing on each other's bodies. Yeah Um, they establish some ground rules for each other to have this this system that they can both live with. Um, They're not allowed to touch themselves which Taki definitely breaks um he has to be careful when wearing skirts yeah um they both yell at each other for wasting money uh, especially
0: him he's just like stop going out into cafes and spending all my money
1: (laughs) but she makes the quit back that's that's actually very true she's like i work for that money too right
0: that it's a great point Um,
1: yeah it's a really good point so they they wind up start independently doing things that improve each other's lives essentially this montage is to get us up to speed um with them like this is a fully functional element of their identity at this point they're they're either kind of up to speed with each other as much as they can be
0: yeah right and so like the way i i I, they kind of like are starting to really improve each other's lives at this point
1: exactly
0: so so in in a way that each one of them is kind of the missing piece in the other person's personality sort of so to speak i mean right would you i would say so
1: yeah they're There are little uh, snippets here and there um, where you can kind of see how one um, superseding the other's kind of wishes or personality makes a difference. Um, There's a time when Taki is in Mitsuha's body. Uh, I can't remember at what point in the film, but someone's bad mouthing her dad, the mayor. And so um, in Mitsuha's body, he like kind of flips a desk. Yeah. Um, So he does something very confident that she would never do. And in much the same way, she's sort of a feminine influence on him in a way that he would never be
0: Himself. yeah and like you mentioned you know Mitsuo as Taki is kind to Miki and you know sews up her clothes and yeah and Taki's like in Mitsuo's body is like good at basketball and kind of makes her popular which is cool yeah I mean this all all of this body swapping stuff is just delightful
1: it's it's pretty great yeah yeah and um, then obviously me...
0: there are more shots of Taki in Mitsuo's body grabbing boobs and stuff because every time he wakes up he just grabs boobs
1: well, to be fair, I would th- ground myself to know where I was with one thing. I would probably like look around the room, but I guess you could grab parts of yourself.
0: Yeah, and I guess part of it, we didn't <laughs> mention that part of the joke is just that the sister, uh, her younger sister, keeps catching her doing it and like tattling on and it, her.
1: And it almost becomes this little un, uh, unwritten rule of who's kind of in charge based on how she wakes up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yep. Yeah. So next taki in mito's body goes to a Shinto shrine with her sister and grandma to leave some of that sake that they made and the grandma kind of as they're walking there first of all again like beautiful scenery right now yeah. they're kind of like yeah. on this long like journey this like long hike to this beautiful like i guess it's like just this open basin with like the shrine just out in the middle of nowhere
1: it looks it's like a volcanic basin it's yeah it's really
0: yeah and so, so the, the grandma takes them to the shrine that is believed to represent a god that rules over all human connections across time so you're kind of like okay well maybe this has something
1: to do with it hey maybe this will come back around
0: yeah they really didn't have this in michael bay's armageddon
1: you know they missed the like cyclical time loop shinto angle <laughs> that i know they wanted to play up originally but you know, a lot of that got whittled away by Hollywood.
0: Yeah, Jerry Bruckheimer was more in favor of having Ben Affleck bang Bruce Willis's daughter.
1: Yeah, than the real Shinto metaphysics of time and God. But yeah, they really, really have. That's, that's what this movie's for. Yeah,
0: exactly. We really get what we lost in, in Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, so Mitsuha leaves a note for Taki, kind of in, again, Mitsuha in Taki's body leaves him a note saying that there is this comet named Tiamat that is expected to pass close to earth on the day of an upcoming autumn festival. And so she, in the same time she sets Taki up on a date. So he wakes up realizing like, holy shit, I'm expected to go on a date in like an hour or something that she set me up on. And she kind of leaves a bunch of notes, like, here's how to like be nice to women. Like here's like some links to some websites about how to be good on a date. And I think she says also at the end that, um, this autumn festival the, is also coincides with this date, and the comet will be—he'll be able to see the comet at the end of the date, and that's notable because, well, well, what happens?
1: Well, um, so he goes on this date uh, with Ms. Miki, um, and the date actually goes really well. Uh, yeah. Ms. Miki has a good time, but um, it it kind of derails because she tells Taki that he is clearly thinking about someone else. Uh, He denies this, um, but it's kind of pretty clear that he has his mind on Mitsuwa. So, uh, after their date ends, and we, you know, there's kind of the comet in the sky, Taki tries to call her, but can't reach her. Um, She mentions in an earlier note for him that at the end of the date, he'll be able to see the comet, like you mentioned. Um, He doesn't see it and he's really confused. Um, I'm sorry, I said he would see the comet. He does not. Um, There's a reason for that. Uh, There's a very specific reason
0: for that. Very specific reason. And do you think Um, that Miki is like, way too mature for him like she's like delightfully like like oh like this was a really fun date but like you were thinking about someone else the entire time um so I'm gonna politely just end it now I just don't feel like people would be would have done that they would look like they were having a miserable fucking time and they'd probably tell you about
1: it I mean uh, yeah I suppose people are people are strange though you never know and maybe that's a that's a cultural thing but I got the impression from Ms. Miki that she doesn't really know what she wants. Like, she's engaged later in the film, but she's kind of on a date with Taki. Like, she also seems to be a little all over the place. Yeah. Um, What do you think about Ms. Miki?
0: I I just thought, like, this person doesn't exist. She seems, like, so nice. (laughs) Like, I mean, she would, she would, like, like, allow him to be on a date with her when he's clearly checked
1: out. She just seems like she's a bit of a flake, though, I guess, is my point. Oh, maybe I I can, I can see it a little bit. Yeah. So Um,
0: yeah. After this date, what were you going to say? Something else?
1: Oh, I was just going to say that the, the body switching then ends. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And that sort of begins this next uh, sort of act where it becomes a bit of a mystery.
0: Yeah. It, it, this is really, that's a good way of putting it because that really was like one act of the movie. This is the next one. And then the third act, and this, I guess this this one kind of blends with the, with the end. But, like, this is the act where it's like, this is not the movie you thought you were watching.
1: No, this is, the, this is where it takes a left turn that I was absolutely not expecting.
0: Yeah. Um, and then it takes another
1: pr- further left, right, left, circle, square turns. Yeah. And twists and turns abound.
0: Yeah. So, Taki and Miki and one of Taki's friends, Tsukasa, travel to so. Gifu to try and find Mitsuha. But, like, Taki doesn't actually know where she lives.
1: Which sounds crazy because her dad is the mayor. How would he never have picked that up? Absolutely fucking
0: crazy. This is, that's one of the couple things that is like, how did you not ever hear the town's name ever?
1: Like they could have not made her dad the mayor. They made her dad the mayor. How would he never? I'm even thinking like, wouldn't the
0: school be named after the town? It often is like, how have you not heard this name?
1: (laughs) I don't know.
0: And maybe it's because they uh, had this idea of like him being such a good sketch. Cause I think the idea of like him, trying to rely on the sketches he did of like the landscape, like, cause he would wake up, you'd see him waking up. And this is usually in like the montage format. He'd wake up in his own body after having been her and he would start sketching or maybe, maybe they don't do it earlier, but they, but either way, like at a certain point he starts sketching like the town landscapes because he's like fascinated and with life. It. and her life. Yeah. And it's the, the drawings are really incredible And he's trying to use those to try to find her. Again, kind of ridiculous that he has to rely on that entirely. What do you think about Miki coming
1: with? Well, and that's what's kind of silly because Taki makes it very clear that he doesn't want Tsukasa or Miki to come with him. um, But that they're going with because he's been so strange, right? Because he keeps switching back and forth or rather not anymore. Um, It makes sense to me, I guess, why his friend wants to go. It is strange that Miki wants to go. And again, this to me kind of plays up that Miki's maybe kind of like a weird flake. Like maybe she is kind of into him. It's really weird. It's not clear. Maybe Miki maybe is like that manic just,
0: pixie dream girl type character. She,
1: yes, she really is kind of a manic pixie dream girl on this. Yeah, I still think it's strange. It makes sense to me that the friend would go less so that she would. Yeah. Um, it also doesn't make sense to me that he uh, is allowing them to pretty much tag along with him. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have. No, no. But what do they find out? This is, again, this is a real jarring turn that I was not expecting. I was completely
0: shocked. So they find out that Itomori was destroyed three years ago when the comet she was referring to fragmented as it was passing Earth. And that fragment hit the town and it destroyed it and like killed everybody.
1: And Taki is like, oh, right, that. Um,
0: in a way that. <laughs> How did I forget about that? <laughs> yes. Like, the, 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 they're like in this ramen shop, and this woman, like, recognizes the town in his drawings, and she's just like, oh, yeah, that town was destroyed. And they're all just like, wait, what? And so, essentially, so three years ago, what, what's really happening, what everything we've been seeing so far in Mitsuha's body was taking place in the year 2013 everything we've been seeing in Taki's body was taking place in 2016 so they were body swapping yes but also across time unbeknownst to either one of them which so Mitsuwa was you know in 2016 didn't know it in Taki's body and Taki was in her body in 2013 and didn't know it how did they not know what year it was
1: I mean, did they never once look at a calendar? Do they never look at their own phones? Um, did they never watch the news? Yeah. Did they never like write the date at school? Um, yeah. This is by far the most him not knowing the town name is glaring. This is insanely glaring to me. The most the only the, yeah thing I can think is that Mitsua would assume that Tokyo would be so much more advanced being from a rural town and vice versa. Taki may assume that Mitsuwa's town is a little backwards um, because it's a, a bit more rural, but I mean, that's with the greatest charity in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, like
0: you said, I mean, we literally see Mitsuha in Taki's body on his phone all the time. Like you'd have the damn date on your, on your smartphone. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. This is the biggest nit to pick with this movie. And I, I, the only explanation I can think of is there's a couple instances in this movie where they kind of make references to, like, forgetting things that you should have remembered, like, like, each other's names. And, like, I mean, he says, like, how did I forget about this? But there's a, there's a kind of weird tone to it. It's not like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's more like he definitely knew about it. It's almost like some other otherworldly force made him forget so I kind of chalked it up to that. Like they're they were they're in each other's bodies, and whatever force this is that connects them across time and space is kind of. It's almost like they have it has blinders on them. Like they're not like they can't see the date. They can't comprehend what time it is. That's not the point.
1: Yeah, and again, that's that's with all the so much charity generosity in the world. Um, I, I'm fine with it because again, it does reference several times that this is. A dream state almost for them or at least it is at first uh they think and so it kind of in my mind is like in a dream where you know in a dream it would make sense to me where oh I'm looking at my phone and it says it's 2016 but I know it's actually 2013 um and that would be a rule in a dream that you would just would accept and not even think about and probably yeah. a detail you wouldn't even remember when you woke up um but again it's like it's all very wishy-washy yeah. Um, but what is for sure um is that Mitsuwa is dead uh, yeah. along with her sister and a lot of other people.
0: Yep, she did. Uh and then all of a sudden after Taki finds this out her messages start disappearing from his phone and he starts to lose his actual memory of her. Again, you really got to suspend disbelief a bit. <laughs>
1: it yeah there's no concrete explanation for why this is happening this is operating on a very emotional kind of wavelength um but whatever is going on is making him for it's very kingdom hearts here right his friend gone heart sad forget memories need friend right i would say it's, it's yeah very,
0: yeah it is very kingdom heartsy and and not to insult this movie like that it certainly makes a lot more sense than kingdom hearts does absolutely absolutely
1: <laughs> nomura could really take um, a
0: page out of uh
1: the this this writer director's book no nomura has has nothing on this but uh <laughs> so what does taki do right he finds this out and now what, what is he left with
0: so he stays in gifu and he so he's like he basically bails on his friends he's like sorry um just go back to tokyo without me finally he gets away he's like man you guys have really been bringing me down um, and he goes to find the shinto shrine where He and her body left the sake, which I guess that, I mean, it makes, he he was there in her body. So he might remember where it is. I think he does like, you know, ask some locals and stuff to try to help help him find it. He hitchhikes with somebody. And so he gets to the shrine, he drinks the sake and that kind of triggers him to have a vision of her entire past. So you see little glimpses of her losing her mom, like her mom passing away, the dad sort of abandoning them and their grandma. To be con to be, to be to focus on his political aspirations, and I think it's a neat way of conveying a lot of information without explaining it too much.
1: Done beautifully as well. There's a lot of imagery of him falling through the water, holding this ribbon, and kind of cells dividing, and um, it's it's very it's very beautiful. And the art style is almost a little bit different. It's a little rougher uh, than other parts of the film. Uh, yeah, so it really stands
0: out. It's neat. It's a little like kind of like a painting in in a way. Like some of it looks yeah. like it literally like painted. Um, Yeah. Uh, And and what's, what's other, uh, the other thing that's interesting, he sees like a time in her past and this, I think this is the day before the autumn festival in her time. Yes. So in 2013, she went looking for him.
1: Because it was the night of his date.
0: Yes. So she went to the, she went to the city. And like, she thought it was the night of their date. So she goes to Tokyo and she sees him and actually talks to him, but he doesn't recognize her because it's 2013 in his time. And she doesn't. Whereas like his date is in 2016 and he doesn't recognize her and they haven't started switching bodies yet. And she's kind of super embarrassed and leaves the train, but kind of gives her his hair, her hair ribbon, which it turns out he's been, and he mentions this earlier in the movie. I believe he's been wearing that ribbon around his wrist as a good luck charm this the whole time, like ever since he just been wearing this strange girl's ribbon.
1: I mean, wouldn't you if a if a strange girl started rambling at you as though she knew you and then ran away, leaving you with her ribbon? Wouldn't you uh, compulsively wear it as a good luck charm?
0: Yeah, definitely. Really, any article of clothing uh, she threw at me, I would just I would wear it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what um, what happens next?
1: <laughs> well, so this vision happens. Um, so it's it's a little you know strange and timey. Um, Taki wakes up in Mitsua's body again, um, which finally these switches are happening again. Um, this time it's on the morning of the actual autumn festival, the day that this comet is going to break off and kind of kill everyone. Yeah. So uh Mitsuha's grandma kind of figures out that there's somebody else in um in the bo- in her body. Yeah. And tells Taki that body switching it's a little bit unclear. The way she tells the story but it makes it kind of imply that she also um did some body swapping in her past and it has something to do with the shrine that they are special caretakers of yeah like she um, describes it as dreams it right me. yeah she, they, she talks about as dreams as well she says she barely even remembers the person that she was kind of switching bodies with yeah but how do you feel about this about making it part of their kind of family line this is i could have done without me. it actually yeah i don't think it's necessary i I, I don't
0: think it really hurts the movie i just think it might it adds a little bit of unnecessary uh convolutedness to it
1: yeah there's some some big plays they make about the nature of the shrine and the nature of the common and saving the town that are kind of cool but also the more you think about it kind of like that was unnecessary and maybe a little lame yeah like by this point you kind of you know what this movie's Going to
0: try to do for the most part. I mean, and, and you know, like the gist of it is really like, like what I said earlier, like love is like goes beyond space and time. Like, and that's all it really needs to be for me to have a great time. Like, I don't really actually need a deep lore of this world. And I don't need that history. I don't, I, again, I don't hate it. I just, I don't necessarily need that. But I do, I do kind of like, I don't know if it's, if you consider this, this narrow of a thing or a trope, but like, when someone's like switching bodies or someone's not themselves, I like when someone really close to them recognizes
1: it. I like that as well. Immediately. It, happens, it happens a couple of times here. And I, you know, you may think that's overused. I think every time it happens here, it's appropriate to what's going on. And it would make sense that someone close to that person would realize they're acting very much out of character
0: yes and because speaking of the body swap thing again i do love how this is the last time Taki wakes up in her body and he's still like he's like so excited to be in her body again because he knows that this has just gives him a chance to find her and he starts crying but he still yes. fondles himself and he's like crying <laughs> as he's doing it
1: this is the best payoff for that when the sister yeah. sees him um, yeah it's great
0: and especially because i think they, they kind of like they, they fake you out like he like starts reaching up and he hugs himself and so you're like oh he's not going to do it and then and then like yeah, i think his does. sister opens her sister opens the door and he's just doing it there. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah um tell us about their domestic terrorism plan <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, we, we'll probably fly through the rest of this movie a little faster than we have because i think i think. I mean, and I don't know if it's this is a lot is, of agree with this. Yeah, it's more logistical yeah. and it's not as much the details matter. I don't get me wrong. I think what happens and how this all plays out is very well done. I just think the the it's not as visually dense. It's the details don't matter as much. It's more about this is very plot heavy. Um, again, not a, not a problem to me, but I mean, it, but if there's any like details that I gloss over and you want to stop and and camp on for a bit, please stop me. But yeah, absolutely. So Taki to rallies her friends to try to help them evacuate the town. Again, this is he again, he's waking up on the day of this autumn festival. And so they disable the electrical station, like the power plant nearby. They blow it up. When I say disable, they blow it up.
1: In a way, that's a real terrorist attack.
0: (laughs) It really is. And (laughs) they they have one of them uh, broadcast this fake emergency warning. Actually, you know what? I I do want to talk about a very brief uh, detail. So, you know, they're hanging out in uh, Mitsuo's friend Tessie's place. And like is Mitsuha is like bonding with Tessie. I I noticed that his room had a GameCube and an original uh, Famicom system in it. And I, I meant nice. to go back and pause it and kind of look at other details, but I thought that was neat. Um, Did not notice I
1: noticed that like,
0: yeah, a lot of clutter, and they're like, it's hard, it was hard to spot them, but so yeah, so Taki's still in Mitsuha's body, heads to the shrine, assuming that Mitsuha will be there in his body, and he's right, she is sort of. So they cannot see each other's presence, but they but or sorry they can sense each other's presence but they can't see each other physically right they're still kind of technically in two two contrasting timelines
1: it's very kylo ren um ray from star wars they're kind of talking to each other but 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 actually well done (laughs) um but actually well done yeah i wouldn't be surprised if ryan johnson had seen your name um yeah but yeah that's that's kind of the vibe they're they're trying to talk to each other they're in the same spot but they're temporally they're not actually connecting
0: yeah and so but what happens is twilight falls which during the twilight hour or however long it is that causes them to both briefly return to their own bodies and be able to see each other so they're really at like the edge of the volcanic basin where the shrine is and are actually physically both present for that moment in 2013, the night of the disaster.
1: Um, and it connects back to earlier um, during a lesson in school, the teacher was explaining where the word Twilight comes from and very specifically mentions that Twilight is a time where um, spirits and worlds can kind of cross over and blend. Um, yeah. And they talk about the dream hour, the golden hour. Um, so it's it's a callback to that.
0: Yeah. And the, the moment of them talking really in person for the first time is very sweet. Very, very yes. moving. It's it's lovely. Um, So Taki returns the ribbon around his wrist to her. And then they try to write their each other's names on each other's hands. So they actually fucking remember each other this time. But before she can write hers, that Twilight Hour passes and they both go back to their own bodies and back to their respective timelines. So she's still in 2013, the day basically being given a chance to prevent the festival from or prevent the town from being destroyed. And he's back in 2016.
1: Um, and it, it's definitely um, jarring the way they do it. There's kind of this swell and there's this music. Um, and then all of a sudden that's cut off and you just see the pen dropped on the ground. Yeah. Um, meaning that she didn't get the chance to write her name. I think it's very, it's very jarring and very well done um, and kind of propels the, the climax because you realize that um, yeah, the clock is ticking on them.
0: Yeah and so Mitsu now mitsua is now in her own body and she kind of keep keeps going where he left off and tries to convince her dad to evacuate the town her dad in that moment or like and before when when taki was in mitsua's body i think the dad recognized that it wasn't yes. him because i think he like yes. in her body like grabs him by like the fucking throat or like by the by tie, the, by like by the tie.
1: Like says like you bastard or
0: yeah and he's like i don't who the hell are you um so, and, and it works. They, they succeed and evacuate the town. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Mitsuha notices then that she's starting to forget Taki. It, I think yes. it's because she's changing what actually happened. It's almost making it as if they never, it's erasing their interactions because it's like their interactions existed. They were connected across space and time so they can find each other and help her save her town. And then once that purpose has now been served and history is being changed, the memories start to fade.
1: Yes, and it implies throughout all of this that the um, there was a drawing of the comet splitting in the Shinto shrine from thousands of years ago. So seemingly this time loop was to always save the town. And yeah. then thousands of years ago, they knew this would happen. And that's again, where it kind of loses me. I don't need that to be the rationale for all this. Yeah. Is. I'm is, I'm fine with it. Um, but that that's kind of the big meta like loop that's being closed
0: yeah and so she finds out that instead of writing his actual name she like looks at her hand hoping that she can see his name he didn't actually write his name when they're writing their names he wrote i love you which Which is very unhelpful what an idiot (laughs) very yeah very sweet um and so yeah like like i mentioned so the comet does hit the town is destroyed and the citizens survive but Taki is now back in 2016 and he, he like her, like he can't remember anything. Um, yep. And so we get our kind of like epilogue sort of, and it's, it's very, it's, it's very sweet and sad at the same time. I mean, it's sad until it's uplifting. Right.
1: Yeah. So we're jumping around, we're going season through season and it's showing that Taki's still living uh, in Tokyo um, and he's occasionally passing by Mitsua, who's also living in Tokyo. However, It's seemingly without noticing or remembering her.
0: Um, Yeah, like they pass by each other. I feel like they they have moments where it's like, he almost instinctually looks up being like, wait a second, like do I know that person? Nah. Right. And then other times where she's like, literally she has like a umbrella over her head on like a rainy night and she can't see him.
1: And they just pass each other on a bridge and they don't recognize each other at all. We get him commenting um, in a connection to the beginning of the film, um, how again, he feels like he lost something special um and then upon remembering the comment he has a suspicion that the comment is important to his life in some way he mentions that he became kind of obsessed with this incident um but that he doesn't really exactly remember why
0: yeah yeah and there's this fun moment where he's in like a restaurant and he sees tessie and her other friend who are like now engaged to like be married and they're like chatting but he doesn't remember them either
1: um, and then immediately when this happens, in my head, I was like, why doesn't he remember them? And then realized, oh, wait, he forgot everyone. Yeah. Because I sat through that whole screen, ready to jump at the TV, scream at it, saying, why does he not remember the two friends? Yeah. But he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the movie really ends with this last scene where they are in trains, separate trains, and their trains kind of pass next to each other, and they see each other. I think I, I I mean, unless the trains were just moving, they're moving at full speed. There's no fucking way this would have happened. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's say fate was involved.
0: Yeah, Um, they so they briefly see each other, and this kind of just like they both just instinctually get up and get out of their respective trains and try to like run to find each other, and they meet on the staircase, and they kind of like they pass by each other as if they're not going to say anything to each other. And then they turn around at the same time. They're like, I think I know you. What's your name? And then they start crying because it's an anime. (laughs) Yep. Would you say, though, this movie has like a lot less crying than you'd think a movie like this would have?
1: Not to speak to all anime and to massage. In anime, But I feel like anime can be slight misogyny and having women characters break down very easily. Oh, I was thinking everyone. Think
0: literally everyone cries. Yeah. Like well, boys like... cry, little boys cry, adult boys cry. Just
1: That's true. But I, I feel like, no, I feel like this cry is earned. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there hasn't been a, an intense level of crying throughout the film up to this point. I, you know, this is a pretty jarring psychic event. I would, I would probably shed a few tears.
0: Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. you might even be crying. You don't even know, um, because something is you might
1: forget why.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then maybe they'll wake up and drink leg, and they don't even know why.
0: <laughs> now there is that your fan fiction. <laughs> oh, if only <laughs> that'd be great.
1: Um, so tell me what uh, what works about your name, not James. It's a terrible name. This <laughs> film, your name.
0: Uh, I would say really like the entire, and this is not really a comment on the last uh, part. So, uh, to 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 preface, I I'm gonna dig and try to criticize this movie more than I ever have before because I absolutely love this movie. It is one of my favorite animated movies ever. It's one of my favorite movies I've seen this last these last couple of decades. I I adore this movie. I like it just as much, if not more, every time I watch it. It's incredible. Um, but I am going to try to criticize it more than usual. So so I would say the, what works to me is the entire first half, like basically the three quarters of the movie, maybe more like the first half, like the body swap stuff up to the point where he like goes and looks for her, maybe like up to the point where he drinks the sake, everything before that I think is just like perfect. Um, I remember being very thrown off when the with the whole like cosmic sci-fi element kind of kicked in. Like more so than yeah. what it hints at early to the point where I was almost disappointed. Cause I was in, I was having such a good time with the slice of life, more focused stuff.
1: But when you find out that she's from Innsmouth. It just really fails.
0: <laughs> when she, when you find out she's just like a fish person, she's slowly like <laughs> yes. turning like into a fish creature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they first start body swapping and figuring, figuring things out, I love the, the comedy and sweetness and awkwardness there. There's great cutting between them. The pacing's great. The romantic plot of this movie is, I think, very good, very effective. Sometimes I am like a massive cynic and, I, and like not overly romantic, <laughs> uh, depending on what movie I'm watching or like what mood I'm in or anything like that. It's usually I'm mainly talking about movies. Like I'll watch a movie that's being very sweet and I'm just like, I don't, it's not working on me at all or like soulmate movies and things like that. But like every once in a while. And I mean, I mean, not every once in a while, like often, but like, it just depends on the movie. Like, and this movie does it like this movie. It's like, soul soulmates are everything and love, love is a turtle and it transcends everything. It's just,
1: well, I mean, that's one angle. The other angle is that this is all to close a Donnie Darko-esque <laughs> <until time laughs> out, which is actually what the plot is. If you think You're about right. it. You're right. But like, none
0: of that shit matters to me. It's just like, they found each other. I'm so happy. Um,
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think... It's, it's just it's so warm and bright and life-affirming that it helps gloss over those like kind of plot holy elements i would say
0: yeah one thing we didn't mention really was like the score it's pretty subtle and i'm not talking about like the little like anime number and like one of the, the, the number that plays during the montage but just like there's a there's an instrumental like piano heavy stuff that goes on during the movie too and i think that those are it's it's solid stuff it's 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 a little um what was the word understated but it's still that's good.
1: What, that was actually going to be one of my very minor nitpicks oh, okay. um, in a film. In a film kind of with these grand aspirations towards you know love and connection and time and identity, I was expecting the score to be a little more um, kind of uh, swelling and that's a little fair. more, yeah, just um, more romantic, I guess. Um, traditionally romantic, uh, but that's a minor nitpick. Um, I didn't notice it in terms of being bad. Um, I just didn't really notice it. And especially for a film that deals with, like I said, bigger themes of like love and soulmates and connection, I would expect a more traditionally swelling romantic kind of um, musical style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And again, just the logistics of the third act, Um, you know, it's great. I I like where it winds up, but the actual, you know, hither to nither of like, okay, we're going to blow up this spot. And now this announcement is going, oh, but wait, they're canceling that announcement. Now we have to do this. Um, that that's where I, I lose it. But I love the, the strong emotional resonance between the characters finally at the end. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think some, t- some
0: of the things they do post, like we need to save the town, like or like post, like the town was destroyed three years ago reveal. Like I think maybe, maybe that part of the film doesn't mesh as well with the first part as intended tonally. It kind of blindsides you a little bit, changes, changes the pacing a bit. I don't know how else I would have done it. I don't actually really have like any notes on how to improve that, and I still I, mean, lo- I still love it, but it's just it might not mesh as well. Um, I
1: think what it I think it broadens the scope a little too bit or broadens the scope a bit too much um, because I was invested in this just saving their relationship. Yeah. Now it yeah. becomes saving her life, and it becomes saving this entire town. And I was okay with the smaller stakes of Same. just saving their relationship.
0: Yes, I'm completely on board with you with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But other than that, I think really everything else works. Um, Again, my gripe with the music is barely a gripe at all. It's just this movie is, you know, a 9.5 out of 10. I don't believe in 10s out of 10s. There are just a couple of minor little things um, that I think aren't perfect. But this is one of my favorite anime films that I've ever seen now. Um, I'm so happy I saw it. Um so yeah thank you for recommending this. This was this is an unqualified recommendation uh, at least in my mind.
0: Yeah, me, me too. I'm I'm really glad you loved it. Yeah. I I I I actually feel like we agree on like this movie like almost completely in terms of like, I what think we so, liked yeah. and what we didn't like like very to the detail like a fully aligned with like what um what we liked about it.
1: I even um and we can see how in sync we are cuz I I think you'll probably even agree at this point. I even like how they take traditional, you know, rom-com elements, like, you know, and in rom-com that the two protagonists don't like each other at first, right? So that later when they fall in love, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it even takes those kind of old tropes and actually plays with them because if you were swapping the other person into someone else's body, you wouldn't like them because they'd be screwing up your life. They would be yeah. really annoying. Um, it takes even those tropes and it, it applies them in a fresh way that makes them like work, which I think is really cool. I do agree with that completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would you wanna Would you wanna live in this world?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't care if a comic would. hit. Yeah, I, I, I would, think
1: I would too. Actually,
0: oh, I'd lo- I'd love to live in either town. <laughs> I would. I would, would matter.
1: I would for, love to live in just even if I lived in the United States or in Guatemala or wherever. In in a world where things like this could happen and you could body swap and and dream and do all these crazy things, like yeah, sign me up. I'm I'm definitely down for. Yeah. Although apparently Shintoism is the one true faith in this. You know, <laughs> it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I live in her, I live in uh, a this fictional town. Absolutely. Wake up and have her view be the same view like of like, I mean, just like the, the lake is beautiful. Like the, the, the mountainous region is just, I mean, I guess they do mention in a couple of like throwaway lines of dialogue when she's talking to her friends about how like, they don't even have a dentist in their town. That's a little rough.
1: And they what, else, two, what else are they, they with they have two they have two bars but they don't have a cafe or a dentist yeah they i like that their cafe is just a soda machine yeah <laughs> coffee machine
0: yeah but they have <laughs> uh they have like a easy access to like homemade explosives though so there's yeah that. <laughs> yes would you say the domestic um, terrorism elements of this of this uh movie didn't work or did it they really work? didn't they,
1: they they even they even use the phrase terrorism later which is a word i did not expect <laughs> being in this film at
0: all i don't remember if that word um, appears in the in the sub
1: but. in the dub they say like could this be terrorism yeah, I, I was like actually yeah think I, right. it could, maybe it could be yeah um but if you were to make this into a game would it be a bomberman man ask terrorism simulator <laughs>
0: <laughs> i really hope that that's yours i was really 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 trying not to say life sim for, like, modern consoles, okay. although that would be a blast. I went with, like, the safe, like, easy backup to that, and I'm not proud of myself, but I have, like, a Telltale Games playable novel type thing um, where you can make choices that affect the other person's life and, like, vice versa. Like, you know, you live as, you know, you live in each other's bodies and then you live in your own. But, you know, what I what I would be most entertained with is, like, video game adaptations of a lot of the movies we watch It's just, like, something... Where you like create like an old school like platformer like fighting game where you create enemies, but there's like who would be the, an
1: enemy in this game? A comet. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> comet monsters or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that comet would comet
1: monsters and cafe monsters and, and probably the, the yeah um, the weird toothpick uh, customer in the restaurant.
0: Right. And like the, the, the example I think I gave last time I made this point was like Home Alone 2 Lost in New York for the original Game Boy. Like obviously, you know, Harry and Marv are villains and like the Tim Curry Bellman uh, of like the hotel is a villain. But like, they also have like walking chairs and vacuum cleaners being (laughs) like vacuum cleaners, (laughs) (laughs) like in like springs and something like it's, it's ridiculous. So I'd love a game where you're like, (laughs) where you're like Taki and Mitsuha, like jumping, like, like Diddy and Dixie Kong just like jumping on the heads of comet monsters. What about
1: just like what about a swarm of shinto ghosts? What about that?
0: I would love that. Like shinto ghosts yeah. are just like taking over the bodies of your classmates and you have to like beat them with the with a cane or a baseball to close bat the
1: time loop and correctly <laughs> save the town. Yeah. More um, games should be made. I would like love that, that as well. Yeah. What's your uh mine, adaptation? Mine is it's sort of like a puzzle like game but I was thinking specifically for a cell phone game um, because I think this would both work as a cell phone game and kind of meta connects to the way they keep track of each other's lives in cell phones. So I was imagining like a meta cell phone game where you have to like switch back and forth, um, like predetermined you know, time lengths um, and solve little puzzles, right? So you get two minutes to look through like quote unquote Mitsu's phone. And then the game shuffles you over to Taki's phone. Ooh. And you have to like correctly um, like put in his like planner, like the sequence of events or his day. Or you get like 10 pictures that Taki took and you have to post the picture that like is the most Taki-like to keep mm. up with his um, kind of persona.
0: Oh, I like <laughs> that. Like maybe there'd be like some way of like rating, like how much like Taki are you being and yes. if you fall below a certain threshold and the game gets like harder or something. Yes. Or you just lose I was-
1: I was almost thinking like barely even a game, like almost like one of those movie tie-in like app things that they have. Like I, I was oh, just okay. thinking something like little and like cute like that would be like a good way to capture the feeling of the game. Does this game have permadeath? You know what? It does. And you can, <laughs> it does. So if you fail to save Mitsua and her little sister, they're just gone forever.
0: <laughs> and Taki just, the rest of the game, you just play out his life. Like what would have happened to him?
1: He'd be with uh Miki, but both of them would be deeply unsatisfied.
0: Oh, yeah, they probably have like four kids too, and the divorce would be really, really brutal, brutal, really just brutal. absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so fan fiction corner, okay. So, what, is, what did you find?
0: Uh, this is my favorite one. Uh, the comet story. Okay, have you seen this one? No, <laughs> it's a tiny, <laughs> it's a tiny short about (laughs) from the perspective of the comet. Uh, so from the comet. The comet's perspective, yeah. Uh, Oh please. So it's this is the story of the comet and what it was thinking during the events of the movie. So this is about this is about the comet Tiamat uh, and and his son Chuck. Chuck is the part that that break that breaks off. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So all right, here we go. Um, I, I feel like I should just read the whole thing, but uh, I'm gonna try not to. So it's like, okay, so they are they're passing by Earth, and and uh, uh, sorry, so he rolled and sparked for the humans. This is the comet Tiamat. He filled them with, with with joy to have so many people watching him this time. Last time he had passed by Earth, they had all been asleep and had been completely missed or, and completely missed out on his light show. Tragically, they were too distracted by the fall of Rome to pay much attention to him.
1: Nations okay, come and go, just, he thought. Can, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> full stop, full stop, full stop. There's a couple of problems here. Number one, it said the comet's visible for days. They said that in the news report. So how mm-hmm. could everyone have missed it? I don't know. I don't know. They were too on. they were too
0: distracted by the fall of Rome
1: in so, Japan
0: <laughs> I don't Go know I might it could no i mean this could have been like I don't know <laughs> I don't know where he could see comments. I don't know much about astrology um so okay Papa can we not stay with Earth longer said Tiamat's son Chuck <laughs> no <laughs> no Chuck replied Tiamat our place is with the is in the cosmos earth may be the most dear place in the universe for us but we must not deceive ourselves into thinking we belong here but it's just, the. it's not just the earth. Tiamat noticed his son blushing. This is the twist that you're, that you're not going to see coming.
1: Okay, please.
0: T- Tiamat looked down, directly down. They were passing over the sleepy little town of Itamori. In direct view of the comet was a beautiful young human girl. So, my son is in love with a human.
1: <laughs> wow, love for first sight indeed.
0: Chuck looked so despondent that Tiamat could not refuse him. Very well, Chuck, but know this. You will be unable to return to me and to, the, cosmo- to the cosmos. You will become part of the earth. Do you understand? I do, father. But a life without love is unbearable. I understand, my son. Then you may go. Tiamat embraced his son, Chuck, and released him to drop to the earth. Chuck twirled and somersaulted in midair as he fell toward the town of Itamori. The humans were in awe of Chuck's beauty, and it made Tiamat proud. I know you will bring everything or everyone much joy on Earth, my son. (laughs) Said Tiamat as he continued on his heavenly trajectory. Finally, Tiamat concluded his flight above Earth and made his way back through the solar system. I will return in another thousand years, he thought. I look forward to seeing how Chuck adjusts to living on Earth. That's Uh, the end. that,
1: That was terrifyingly poignant.
0: And I will say that my new fan fiction is I want to know how Chuck adjusts to living on earth. That's my, (laughs) that's the fan fiction I want.
1: (laughs) Um, all right. So I, I looked around for fan fiction and I couldn't find anything good for Yornian specifically. So I just went to an old, well, I went to just need the general body swap. Well, okay. Um. And I'm going to read you some tags. Okay. Sure. I have. can't wait. I, uh, I Googled um, body swap fan fiction, and this was among the first stories that came up, okay? Mm-hmm. Would you care to guess what even one of the tags is?
0: I mean, it's going to be the most smut-filled stuff in the world, I would imagine. You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: But what do, you, what do you think, what property do you think has showed up as one of the first to be, to show up in Google if you search body swap fanfiction? Penis envy. Vagina envy. Like the franchise? I'm thinking like Star Wars or Avatar. Oh, franchise. I'm ta-
0: I'm thinking about like tags and like themes no, or something. No. Like, like the- oh, um well, I did see some your name crossover with a couple things, like Star
1: Wars, right.
0: Doctor Who, um
1: This'll this'll give you this'll give you a hint. Time travel, body swapping, body switching, gay regulus black, bisexual <laughs> Harry Potter Fourth year Harry, sixth year Regulus, post traumatic stress disorder. Regulus Black centric. Regulus Black has PTSD. <laughs> Harry Potter, my silly friend. Harry Potter as is the most freaky Friday character body swapping fan fiction mire you could possibly fall in. Do you
0: feel like all fan fiction searching somehow ultimately always leads to gay Harry Potter fan fiction?
1: It really does. This story is called Sonder, uh, and here's the summary. When Harry Potter said he didn't want to be the boy who lived anymore, he didn't exactly mean switching places with his godfather's Death Eater brother. But what can you do when fate gives you a new life, except to live it? I won't read any passages because it's very smut-filled, but (laughs) I just figured if we're going to go for body swapping, we might as well go to the real source of all body swapping fan fiction. It's Harry Potter. I guess, I guess it is. I guess it is. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> um, okay. I, I don't have, I don't, I don't have a response to that. You don't did, have to. Did okay. you find anything else?
1: No, I found a lot of Dr. Who crossovers. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Who is actually the number one. And I, I don't really know enough or not about Dr. Who to make that worth talking about. I found
0: quite a lot of like Your Name-specific fan fiction, but the vast majority of it was smut. Like, full, full, like, debauchery. Like, obviously, it's a body swap thing, so you can do a lot with that. Um, Out of all the crossovers I found, the weirdest, most random one to date is probably (laughs) Your Name and Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, yep. the 1964 yep, Stanley Kubrick classic.
1: Yep, saw that. It's Thought about stu- it's it. It's
0: terrible. It's not worth yeah. sharing. Um, no. But like,
1: who thinks of these things? I don't know. I'm really shocked that the that someone hasn't done the classic. I am just going to rewrite the plot of this film, but as a novel, um, because I was expecting that everywhere, and I yeah.
0: shockingly didn't. Well, there is an, there is an existing novel, to this, uh, my brother is 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 also studying Japanese. He's much further along than I am, and he is reading it. Um, so oh, it's, it's quite okay. quite good. Yeah.
1: Who is um, responsible for writing that? Is that the the film writer, the director, the like studio in general? Because um, I'd be curious how it fills in certain details, like what is quote unquote canon to it. I th- I think it was written
0: by Shinkai. Let me check. Okay. Yeah, a, a light novel of the same name was written yeah written by shinkai yep
1: Also, so it's nice and light it's nice and light it's a light novel did
0: you know that this movie has been kind of like on and off and like pre-production hell um to be adapted is it you know live, a live action american movie which i don't want to happen no
1: that makes me literally spin in my grave yeah because <laughs> you yeah. are dead currently. Because I am dead right now.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to step um, on. I, what have you been doing lately? But I,
1: you know, I I died, guys. You know, yeah. here I am. It's like that Twilight Zone episode where the guy podcasts from the grave.
0: Um, there is no, uh, there, no world where I want this. Um, but um, we you, you can't stop the Hollywood monster. It's inevitable. It's no. it's going to happen. No. There's there's not a damn thing we could do about it. Um, when you. Like kind of first told, if I, if I can get a little personal for a second. Please. When you first told Edgar you loved him, did you hurl yourself full speed into his vicinity on earth, hoping to kill him and the entire town he lived in?
1: You know... Love makes you do crazy things like collide with the earth at, at a velocity <laughs> hitherto for un, unfathomable. Um, so to answer your question, absolutely. Oh, that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, besides colliding with the earth, what have you been up to?
0: I've uh, watched a couple movies. I, I, I started playing uh, Minecraft again, just occasionally with my brothers, which is, which is fun. Um I, but yeah, movie wise, I saw Jordan Peele's new movie. Nope. I thought I it was, want to see that. I thought nothing nothing good. About it. It's keep it that way. Um, okay. He is really, really good at misdirection, both like in a movie and in terms of like, you see the trailer and I don't, know if you've watched the trailer, I wouldn't, if I were you either way, but no, I did. And I'm like, damn it, this whole movie spoiled for me. I was wrong. Uh, it was not spoiled for me. It was, um, Definitely not what I was expecting, and in a good way. Uh, and I also watched the Park Chan-wook film Thirst. This is the d- guy who directed uh, The Handmaiden and Old Boy, two of my like favorite movies, really, of the last 20 to 25 years. Um, the, this movie Thirst is kind of like a his spin on a vampire movie. Um, I am usually pretty checked out if your movie is about vampires. The only reason I kind of watched this is because I liked the main actor and I really liked the director and I'm meaning to watch this movie. And I I definitely think it was a good movie, but it is a vampire movie. And so I'm kind of, it's never going to be like amazing in my mind. There's really very few vampire movies I think are like great movies. Like the twilight saga
1: part two new moon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which we will cover next week. (laughs) Um, What else, what else have you been doing? uh
0: i watched a little bit more one piece uh other than that i mean that's that's pretty much it
1: i think yeah well i watched a film that i pray and hope that we will one day do on this show Uh, okay i've seen it many many times i showed it to edgar last night for the first time um the kate hudson 2005 kate hudson vehicle the skeleton key i Um, haven't seen that movie which which is a real 2005 artifact, um, but I still love it. Okay, uh, it's by no means a great film, but it's. I realized watching it last night why I love it and why it tickles me. Um, it is very much an adult goosebump story. Uh, it is it is squarely goosebumps material for for an adult in the year 2005, and I am here for it. The great Gina Rollins is in that movie. Yeah, and John Hurt, and they give him <laughs> literally three words to say in the entire film.
0: And a probably a fat paycheck. Actually, probably maybe not.
1: Maybe not. Um, but so I watched that um, and then I finished Pokemon Legends Arceus so I finally finished another game which is crazy. Congrat! I mean we um, should really have
0: like a I should like splice in some like ring a bell congratulatory like music every time you do ding, that. Ding ding
1: ding. Yeah um, I beat Pokemon Legends Arceus because I wanted to beat a game um, before Xenoblade 3 comes out um, but inst- uh, I also started Luigi's Mansion 3 today so I did that. How was that? Uh, really fun thus far. Um, you're in a mansion, and you're Luigi, and there's ghosts. So what's not to like? Yeah. Um, additionally, I've been reading through Jujutsu Kaisen um, oh, after yeah. getting caught up with One Piece. Yeah, yeah. I'm on, I think chapter twenty eight. What just happened? Um, oh, what just happened? Um, uh, the guy with who always has his headband on took his headband off, but then now he has oh it back he, d- on. he did his
0: domain expansion he did his domain expansion oh my god
1: it's so it's so good and then i didn't even understand it but there's there's like four demons of each of the four elements i think and they're they're out and about it's oh it's
0: such it's such a good uh good manga fantastic show highly recommend you you watch the anime i mean it's not like one piece where it's like it's gonna take forever to watch it i mean it's only 25 episodes so far
1: um, yeah, I want to um, I want to read it and then watch it, and then same with Demon Slayer, because I do want to see the Demon Slayer film,
0: and the, and the, and the Jujutsu
1: Kaisen film, for that matter.
0: Both are great, and the Jujutsu yeah. Kaisen, and I would say Jujutsu Kaisen and, and Demon Slayer are two of the most beautifully animated things that I have seen in recent memory, aside from Makoto Shinkai's films, because... One thing that I will give and I'd I like to do his the, the movie after that, um, after this one weathering with you for this podcast at some point, that movie like you think this movie looks beautiful like that movie is astoundingly gorgeous. Um, if there's one thing that that movie or that this movie has that movie doesn't is that movie is like takes place entirely in Tokyo. Um, don't worry, it doesn't get like aesthetically boring. Um, but it doesn't have the benefit of like the the contra- the contrasting like rural right. animation that this movie does.
1: It's definitely on my list. Uh, I think anything from this director from now on is is going to catch my eye. Yeah. So, what if he did uh, a well, live you know,
0: action Grinch movie? Live God. action, not animated.
1: Uh, you got me. You beat me. Um, <laughs> I would see it. Um, do you think it would? Who who is starring as the Grinch in that? Who do we who do we think? Hugh Jackman Jack- or John Hurt.
0: John Hurt uh, his reanimated corpse. <laughs> yes, Don't I you know. think John Hurt kind of has some grinch e- energy? He 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 usually plays he he's really good at playing like very lovely kind people like Ollivander. Uh but I he's think he would edge be, to him.
1: He's got a he's got a grumpy edge to him. I see, I could see.
0: Yeah, he would be really good as the Grinch.
1: Yeah. All right guys, go watch the Grinch or write a letter to John Hurt's widow. <laughs> asking for what just giving your sympathies for oh, loss. it's
0: like <laughs> i'm so sorry for your lost. like 10 years ago by the way I, your husband your late husband <laughs> would have been great as a live action cringe
1: yeah don't you think she would love to hear that she would be oh god it would bring her to tears right yeah go do go do a good deed go <laughs> go, th- go kids go do it and we're done goodbye